The following presentation was recorded at the Newbury Buddhist Monastery, Victoria, Australia. Please visit our website at nbm.org.au. Uh, well, welcome. And I have to remind people to ask questions uh, on the YouTube live chat if they want to afterwards. So, um, like I said, my name is Jitapalo. I come from Bodhinyana in Perth. And, um, well, this is the first time for me uh, visiting a monastery with a, a mixed community, with a nuns and monks community. Uh, they are nicely separated here now, so that that feels uh, good to me. They're not too close to each other, because that is usually a big danger in the monastic life. If the males and the females are too close together, then usually what happens is babies and not monastic life. So that is um, well sorted out. They're a few hundred meters away now from us. We have our own building and they have a, uh, their own complex. We come together for the Bindabata, for the arms round, collect the food and then uh, we separate again. So as, uh, that's an arrangement I can live with. Uh, I'm a while in ropes now and usually um, it's not my major concern getting uh, married anymore. But I know for, especially for the junior monks, it's, it's a big danger and people are careful of that in the monastic life if they want to stay in robes. And um, with, with good reason, actually. So, but um, I think you can feel pretty safe here now. Um, yeah, the setup, setup is, is, is very, very well organized and the, Senior nun is very protective of her junior nuns, and uh, everything is kept kept nicely separated. For the lay people who don't understand that and think we um, should all be equal and be all hanging out together, uh, one of the biggest problems in in robes actually is is lust you know, for males um, sexual desire for females i don't know um, sexual desire maybe as well but also um, company protection whatever they look for in a man so um, after the <coughs> inspirational time has worn down a little bit maybe after a few months a year or two then the old um, conditioning is going to come up and the mind is going to look for happiness wherever it can find it. And usually in the same old places where we looked before. And um, if, uh, if you are in a dif difficult position in your monastic life already and then you see the, the beautiful lady or the, uh, if you're gay, the, the, the beautiful uh, boy, then uh, I cannot protect you from the boys. The boys are going to hang around. So if, you, if you're gay, you might have your own problems, actually. But um, from the female side, actually, you can be protected in the monastic life. And that was the idea of the Buddha. Nothing to do with 
discrimination. It's it's a protection of the of the nuns and the monks uh, in the monastic life. Because without that, um, we are uh, bound to fall back into our, our, our old habits, and especially during these times where we have difficulties, uh, if we if we um, don't have the protection in the time where we need it, then uh, it's not a it's not a monastic environment. It's not con, uh, conducive to stay in staying in ropes. So. Um, I was skeptical in the beginning of a, of a place where the monks and nuns are living together. and uh, But I know with the right separation it, it can work for people. And I hope the, uh, the lay community here, the committee and the monks um, keep that in mind. Uh, give this, this effort. Effort is not there for uh, for separating discrimination um, 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 uh, what what whatever political terms they use these days uh, it's not because it's an old religion and we're not going with the times it's because of this basic understanding understanding of the psychology of of people when the when the mind uh, is unhappy it looks for happiness in the five sense world and the one of the most alluring things for the for the man is the is the female and one of the most alluring things for the female is men if you're not gay obviously so that is um that is uh, one thing i wanted to get off my shoulders before people start with these these comments um, that I heard before that it's um, an antiquated antiquated religions with 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 old old views and not at all if you know your own psyche a little bit you know um, if you want to go in that direction I have to protect myself in a certain way So we entered the Vasa now, the raining season. And the raining season is a time where the monks didn't travel. I think it originated um, from one of the big uh, problems at the time was the raining season was the time when the farmers planted their rice. And the monks were wandering around, and there obviously were not many proper roads. And so they wandered through the rice paddies where the um, fresh rice plants or the new rice plants were starting to grow. And uh, people complained that um, their rice got trampled. And um, then they decided with the Buddha, or the Buddha decided that this is a time um, the monks should use to stay in one place uh, and also but use it as a time where the duties the day-to-day -day challenges the uh, repairs and the teachings and the um, yeah the travelings the visits whatever uh, 
happens in the day-to-day -day life of the monks usually um, should be wound down hmm, in that time. And uh, a beautiful uh, opportunity for the monks, if you have a little bit of, of fun being by yourself, um, sometimes it can be a challenge as well if you are unhappy and during that time there's even less sensual input um, that can make you obviously then even more unhappy. Yeah? It's, it's even more challenging but um, if you're lucky and you um, found a little bit of appreciation to having time for yourself then then uh, the vasa is a, is a time uh, well, to to celebrate for me, it's, it's not. Uh, I have very little duties here in the monastery now. I still have to give this talk, which is obviously a tremendous burden. But uh, apart from that, is a little bit of cleaning, and um, well, you just get your food, and then you drink your coffee, and then you can go back to your hut, and. Um, thankfully and very gratefully from my side um, they provided he, uh, us here with very new beautiful huts i mean i, I live in a in a luxury i haven't encountered for 20 years apart from uh, living with my parents actually to visit uh, so i have my own toilet and my own shower and floor heating now actually i have a constant 20 degrees in my room almost constant and it's just uh, wow it's in it's incredibly comfortable hmm? and i guess uh, you're living at home hopefully uh, in good conditions you're used to a certain degree of comfort in in your home so um you don't see that anymore huh? i'm coming from less comfort i have uh, still a tremendous appreciation for that uh well luxury for me almost huh? so and that is um, um part of my contemplation with you today this is the things that we uh overlook because we have them day by day by day by day huh? So there comes this break of the vasa for the monks when they were more busy now to less busyness. And there can be that appreciation. Huh? It's this, oh, thank you very much. I'm still getting fat here. I mean, our, our resident uh, Anagarika uh, every day puts this tremendous amount of making us this um, beautiful breakfast here in the morning. Huh? It's just like... Uh, f f pure luxury like a um, hotel first class uh, and just coming in and you uh, you get a, a, anything you want uh, for breakfast no uh, didn't have that for quite a while as well uh, usually it was my my brown rice my brown rice in the morning and now i can have my my uh, cheese toasties and my um my fresh ground coffee and um, all sorts of things on the side and eggs and, and spring onions and I don't know what. And it's just, thank you very much. Hmm? <laughs> it's, uh, 
there can be can be a gratitude in that when you because you have this uh, if you if you don't have it before you see it more clearly huh? um, and this is the problem staying in one place staying with your family the whole time or staying alone the whole time staying in your apartment this 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 all all the things that we have day by day by day by day uh, they retreat completely into the background and and what becomes more prominent is all the things that should be different all the things we don't have everything that we don't want everything that didn't work out and all oh, that was the last bit of coffee and no coffee this morning what a big deal so if your mood changes already because you cannot have that cup of coffee in the morning reflect how dependent do you want to be on such a little external pleasure how much pleasure is there really in that realm how much pleasure is in that coffee a little bit of energy and sip, 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 and it's gone. Even with the nicest frosty milk in it, <laughs> still gonna be gone, and it's still gonna give you only a certain amount of pleasure. So, if you have it, enjoy it and be grateful. If you don't have it, don't suffer for nonsense like that. And this. <coughs> This can be the the little wisdoms. It's not the, the great insights and it's not the jhanas yet or whatnot, but it's if if we want to get there, if we want to get to the deeper meditations, we need to develop a very, very wholesome mind state. It's like a, it's a step ladder. And it's going up step by step by step by step. It's not that you you can um, have a, a, a miserable, angry mind and you sit down meditation and you're going to go into deep meditation if you just try hard enough. That's not how it works. This, the, the mind needs to be uplifted. The whole character needs to be uplifted. The, the, this level, what we call... Um, ourself let's let's say the average mood of ourself yeah? and we have this this um, this sinus curve and it goes up and down and the baseline of that in between and between the up and down that line has to be lifted that the the ups uh, when we do the right reflections and we have we develop wholesome mindset it just goes into an upper curve that is high enough and that that happiness just takes you into the meditation or your meditation takes you into that happiness but you you're gonna need that 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 happiness in your in your uh, in your mind in your character to reach deep states of meditation has nothing to do with with fighting and with concentration. It is this this uh, slow process, a slow process of of lifting the mind into a different level. 
and so for the monks during the Vasa, they have the opportunity to do a little bit more contemplation, do more meditation, and sometimes they overdo it. You think, oh, now is the Vasa, and now is the time, and now I have to go for it. And then you just develop the, that same ego and that, that same um, wanting, that same craving again that you develop for everything else. It's not this this uh, patient kindness that is just gonna gonna see what's gonna happen and just appreciative of having a bit more time. It very easily can become this thing where I want to get something out of it again. And that is something to be to be aware of for the people staying here in the monastery as well. And often people start trying very hard. Uh, and it should never be trying very hard. It should always be trying very softly, actually, and kindly with yourself. And um, keeping in mind that we are dependent on these five sense pleasures still because we're still in this... Uh, the Buddha described this as is this grazing ground of the of the deer, the Maras, Maras ground still, huh? still the, the realm of the five senses where there's happiness and where there's suffering, and that's the realm where we all walk in still, huh? the five sense realm. And um, as a, as a Buddhist, we uh, we can be aware of it. That is the first step, and. Uh, at least hopefully we have heard that there is described greater happiness and if we're lucky we have had a glimpse of something beyond that already or maybe even if it wasn't wasn't some deep meditation maybe even this this glimpse of this this few moments of of contentment where you had this feeling that nothing more is needed in that moment there's so much bliss in that already, just this realization for a few seconds, I don't need anything right now. Completely okay with what it is. Whatever is right now is so nice. And obviously you don't even contemplate because in that moment there's no contemplation. It's just this this enjoyment and that knowledge that this these things exist in our own mind. Hmm? Are we uh, not dependent on this on these outside conditions uh, for the for the happiness that is uh, well I don't want to say within us but it, it uh, let's say something um, buried there the whole time uh, buried by this by this um, addiction by this craving but that doesn't um, diminish the craving yet. That doesn't um, change the craving. We're still going to be addicted and the monks are going to enjoy their coffee. And uh, I, I remember a story. There were these, these monks in Sri Lanka and um, the lay supporters tried to do something um, to help the monks because the monks shouldn't be addicted to sensual pleasures anymore. So they uh, stopped putting spices in the food, actually. So the food was completely bland. <laughs> and what happened is the, the monks didn't get enlightened any quicker. <laughs> and they just hated the food, actually. And there's, there's also the, uh, 
the this this is this is obviously not the way it works it's not just a, um, I'm, I'm gonna stop doing something and then my mind is gonna change and i'm not gonna crave it anymore where i was on the uh, on this uh, on this deer ground the mara's mara's realm of um, where we're grazing where we are obviously always in the in the danger of getting eaten by something grazing grazing on the five senses in that in that uh buddha dis- described them as as a as a deer park something like that and the deers are grazing there in the realm of the five senses and obviously in this park there is is this oh, this this danger of old age sickness and death and the and the tigers uh, roaming around and um yeah there is something nice to eat but it's also the um, the danger danger there of getting eaten yourself and um even even the the buddhists and even the monks they are still living in this in this uh, deer ground and and grazing on the five senses it's just the way it is but I mean, the advantage we can have is as sort of just an idea in the background that there might be something else but that. But that realm of this uh, uh, ground where there's this constant danger. And um, to get, but to get out, wanting to go to this, to to this, a place where the grass is so green and the flowers are so tasty not wanting to go there is uh, only helps for a short while and then if the mind doesn't find any happiness anywhere else we're gonna go back there that's i mentioned that a, a talk ago or two talks ago with the monks who are in robes for a very long time 30 years or more and then is there this rope? How is that possible? What is what is wrong? Is there something wrong with the Buddhist teaching? Is there something wrong how the monks practice? Uh, is the whole thing maybe not working at all? Or maybe Buddhism is complete nonsense? So we have to uh, we have to figure out what is what is working for us in that teaching. What makes sense? And um, obviously, just um, refraining through 227 rules for the monks not to do things anymore is not enough. Huh? This is not going to curb the desire. The desire can be as strong as before. Huh? You may be not as used to uh, outliving it anymore, but you're going to enjoy it um, as much as when you were a lay person again after a while. All the things you couldn't do as a monk, and that after so many years. So, so what is happening? What is happening here? And uh, it's because we're still on this grazing ground with the nice flowers and the grass, and we just kept away from the super green grass and the very nice flowers for a while because. As a monk, you got promised something better. <laughs> but if you don't get anything better after a while, you're going to go back there. It's just the way it is. The mind is looking for happiness. 
And if you don't don't find it in the in the spiritual life, you're gonna go back to the to the worldly life to find it there. And this is um, why it is so important to get a get a glimpse of of the happiness the Buddha is talking about. Huh? This 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 happiness beyond the five sense realm. And to be able to go there, we need to develop our sila. We need to develop this, this uh, virtue, this, this um, kindness in our minds. And we don't, if, if you are afraid that you have to be the, the kind man all the time, actually, and you, uh, you get disgusted by that idea already, and I myself can think in that direction, because I uh, also don't want to be a doormat for anybody. Uh, you don't have to. It's not about that. It's about um, the, the, the states that arise in your mind, the thoughts that arise in your mind. Sure, I don't want to be trampled upon, but how ready do I have to be all the time uh, on the lookout for the threat out there? Uh, somebody somebody um, is trying to, to roll over me? Uh, if you have a mind like that, it's very unpeaceful. Just watch very closely. Uh, but if you, if you have a more trusting mind, you can still be alert and you can still say no uh, if people want something from you that you don't want. And that doesn't have to be unkind. Saying yes doesn't not necessarily have to be kind. Can be fear as well, or can be wanting to be a good Buddhist but never feeling it. So um, now, with the crisis still in place, some of you might still have the opportunity to look a little bit closer at that. Look at your thought process. Look and ask yourself, where is this thought process going? What is the direction of that thought process? Is it going in a direction where there's more happiness for myself? Or is it just going into a direction where I become more defensive, more aggressive, where it feels more stressful already in the moment? So we have the five precepts as an as a course guideline for the whole thing, and I think I was um, uh, expected to the do the uh, recollection and um, the the chanting of the five precepts, but I don't see the reason why I have to do that every week huh, with you. I mean, how hard is it to remember five precepts? Huh? How how hard is it? And uh, for for me, a lot of these rituals they, they they become a means that you don't have to do anything. Huh? Oh yeah, I chanted my five precepts, and uh, I I have done it for the week. No, this is your guideline for your life. If you want to have a safety net, if you want to have any chance of developing a peaceful mind, you don't kill anything, you don't steal from anybody. You don't lie to people, and you um, obviously, if you uh, take 
drugs and uh, there always comes this point where the uh, where the mindfulness goes especially with with alcohol huh? most of the precepts are broken when people are drunk huh? so there is there is some danger there as well but um, the point is um, when when does the mind loses its its mindfulness when when does it lose that that ability to distinguish what is wholesome and unwholesome and um, not not harming other other beings is is the major guideline for the for the happiness that we need to develop to have a chance of good meditation if we if if there's constant fight in your day-to-day -day life still with people there's obviously not enough peace and happiness in your mind to have that you have a chance for good meditation the, the funny thing in the monastery always was there were there were always some monks around and they they were supposed to be incredible restraint sort of oh and they gave up so much and this wasa, they didn't drink coffee and they didn't drink this and they only ate once a meal and once a day and oh uh, they meditated 10 hours a day at least and uh, they uh, didn't lie down or whatnot and it's just it always sounded very impressive huh? and it's sort of oh wow they're really going for it huh? but if you encounter these people there was no ease, there was no kindness, there was no niceness, there was just this this determination, this this wanting wanting to get somewhere. And I encountered that over the years quite a few times. And then there always came the stories afterwards when they talked with with Anachan actually also oh you had incredible good meditation really good meditation again huh? it's just like wow at least animitas if not jhanas wow amazing just like yeah he's, he's doing really well and uh, w when i was young i believed that nonsense because you don't know any better you really think that is the way huh? you just have to try uh, hard enough and the people who don't um, achieve anything they're just not trying hard enough but then uh, getting a glimpse of what happiness is actually you know, on, and what what letting go means and what uh, is is not coming and nothing is coming to you no happiness is coming to you it's shit falling from your shoulders that's all it is it falls off, you, off from your shoulders and you were not a single moment aware that you were carrying that around with you that is the happiness. There are no lights and I don't know what insights coming there. It's just the insight that, that there's a burden that is constantly carried around which is unnecessary. And by increasing that burden, by treating yourself harshly and by doing all these things, um, uh, um, refraining from... Um, enjoying this this um, little sensual pleasures of having a good cup of coffee or whatever it is yeah? just cutting that off as well and cutting that off as well and cutting the next thing off 
it doesn't uh, why would you treat your mind like that what 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 can be the benefit of that i mean if that really makes you happy if you're that um that 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 boxing uh, champ character like uh, Achama Boa or whatnot, maybe they get some happiness out of that, huh? just out of the fight. Hmm? But um, what what I saw is um, just a lot of talk what how great their meditations are, and obviously I'm not going to tell you any names, but the people either have disrobed. Or they ended up as some people nobody wants to live with. They are the people who strove so hard and so diligent and they were so tough. And there's no happiness there. <laughs> Absolutely no happiness. <laughs> if, if that is the, is the happiness of the Buddha, basically, then I go back to Christianity, actually. I believe in Jesus Christ again. I'm going to be saved, actually. Don't want to have anything to do with that. <laughs> the Buddha described a path actually where you lift up your mind step by step by step. You have to, you need the patience and then you need a little bit of wisdom to see if you're making progress on that path because it's not going to be the big steps. It's just going to be the little things where you see a little bit clearer and a little bit faster. That is, oh, this is leading to more suffering. I'm not going to go that way. I know this thought process already. And sometimes you have to do it again and again and again and again. But it, um, just from my own experience, I see it now a little bit faster. And I said recently to some of my fellow monastics here that is uh, one thing that, that happened for me is I don't take the nonsense the bullshit back to my heart anymore if something really terrible happens or whatnot that might still throw me out and i chew on it in my heart but it hasn't happened for years now i get angry and i can i get disappointed and whatnot but it's gone very quickly it's when when i go back to that to that lovely place with my floor heating <laughs> i don't uh, i don't bring any any anger or ill will back to that hut this is not is not lasting that long anymore and that is a progress i can see for myself because if if you don't see any progress in your practice what what good does buddhism do you what is it what what, what is it for I mean, if it's just a, another thing to believe in. I mean, we all come, I mean, some of you guys here, you come from a Buddhist background, so you might just stick with it your whole life or whatnot, don't question it. I come from a Christian background. So I renounced, or basically I didn't have to renounce it. I. It just didn't make any sense to me, that business, basically, the whole God business after a while, after I had grown up. <laughs> <laughs> but still i come from a different background so what has uh, this buddhism thing uh, to offer me if it's just another belief in something i can stick with jesus because i like jesus he was a great hero of mine actually 
So please look very closely. Why are you a Buddhist? Um, you were supposed to take three refuges uh, with me today. Uh, to the bow, bow to the Buddha, bow to the Dhamma, and to the Sangha, and taking refuge in the Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha. What does that even mean? Uh, what do you take refuge in? Uh, in another belief? Do you take refuge in the Sangha? What is the Sangha? Are the monks amongst the Sangha? You want to take refuge in me? You must be crazy. <laughs> take refuge in yourself. Take refuge in your practice. See what works in your practice. If you, if you keep, if you, why did the Buddha ask us to keep five precepts? Why? If you, if you see the safety in the five precepts, you don't have to chant them every week. It's not not a uh, not a reason in the world that you wanna wanna uh, uh, kill kill anybody. Oh, it might still happen. Actually, I don't know because you wanna defend somebody or yourself. But there's no 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 chance that I would defend that anymore. Huh? Killing people, huh? lying to people. If you if you want want to be honest, uh, with want people to be honest with you. If you're a liar yourself, you're not going to encounter these people. They're going to figure you out. And after a while, you cannot even trust yourself anymore. So and how, how are you going to see clearly what is going to happen in your own mind if you're not honest? No chance. If, you, if you're constantly full of booze and drugs, uh, how, how are you going to have a, a clear mind state that can discern of what is going on there in that mind? Huh? Impossible. And I mean, uh, stealing is such a, such a coarse, coarse thing, you know. It's just, uh, just to have that, that trust with your, with your f uh, friends around and with people around that they, uh, they can leave things out and you would never touch them huh? if you if you were not asked to. But uh, if if you do, don't have that sense of harmlessness of guilelessness, how is it supposed to be possible to go into your meditation and let go? Huh? This letting this letting go is, is is an opening up, and it becomes very unfamiliar and. Uh, without five precepts, it's going to become incredibly scary, I guarantee you. <laughs> because if you cannot trust yourself in that moment, in your own, in your own goodness, actually, you're never going to open up. Not, this, not, a, not if hell freezes over. It's not going to happen. And you're not going to have the great meditation just by fighting. And I just don't believe in it. And I haven't seen it. Yeah? In 20 years, I haven't seen the guys who, who practice so super hard. Uh, the people who were, who are, who are kind. Uh, the, the, the people who have um, a, a mind that is so wholesome for a long time. That they just um, sit down and they just bliss out. That's the best way meditation happens. Have your mind so wholesome for such a long time, you don't have to sit down to meditate. It just becomes so so much already. You're just gonna sit down, and it's it's just gonna 
happiness increasing, 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 and the tear starts flowing, and you're just going to get warm, and the thing is going to open up, and meditation is happening. And that is um, what, a, what a beautiful mind state can do, what a wholesome mind can do. And you don't do that for anybody else. You just do that for yourself. So you don't have to be afraid that somebody's going to take advantage of you. It's the best thing for yourself and the, the beautiful thing is that it's also the best thing for other people at the same time. Because it's uh, the, the nicer you develop your mind, obviously the nicer it is to hang around you. So uh, I encourage you for the time you have left during the corona crisis for us here in the monastery who have all the time in the world and just the don't push it and watch closely what mind states are coming up. Identify is that mind state going in an direction that leads to more happiness or more unhappiness and just be very very honest and patient and make a mistake or two you can try different passes you can try the angry pass but see where the mind goes afterwards see where it goes when you go into defensiveness see where it goes if you go into fault finding into negativity just just don't be afraid, just look very closely where it goes. Does it feel more peaceful there? Does it feel happier there? Can that be the direction of, of peace and happiness? And if not, then you have learned something. You have to remind yourself again the next time. But after a while the mind sees, this is a path I know already and just leads to more suffering. So I hope um, I encourage you to treat yourself nice and um, obviously the people here in the monastery wish you all the best for the rains and the people at home take care and have a little bit of patience with yourself and if there are any questions I'm going to try my best and answer them. Bhante, we have a question here. The question is, is true love comes from heart or mind? Can meditation be a way to achieve unconditional love? Can true love come from heart or mind? First of all, we have to see what do we mean with heart and what do we mean with mind so in in buddhism heart is citta that is actually my name citta palo means the guardian of the heart but they also translate it as mind as well in english so there is not in the english language uh, is often not um, great greatly discerned between um, mind and heart so um in in the from the christian tradition and often from the western uh, concept of mind and heart we, when we say he has a good heart that means he has a good uh, good character a good nature he's a good natured person huh? 
we wouldn't say he has a good mind. If I take it from a from a Buddhist perspective, citta, I see that as the um, the ground of all the tendencies. The citta is the the battleground of all the all our tendencies, all our all all our wanting and not wanting. Is that that realm of the citta, the heart. So if you have a good heart, that means you have developed your tendencies already in a, in a direction where there is more wholesome tendencies than unwholesome tendencies. If, if you uh, have, a, have a good mind, maybe we could think about it more as a, as a thing in the moment, that you have wholesome mind states or unwholesome mind states. So in that sense, obviously, is if you have developed a wholesome heart, a more permanent thing as having a wholesome mind. But um, you you need this wholesome mind states over and over again to reduce the unwholesome tendencies in your heart and to increase the wholesome wholesome tendencies in your heart. So both are important, huh? but the. Once there are tendencies in your heart, they obviously um, are, are stronger and you have the, the pull of the tendency to help you with. Huh? For example, let's say you have a tendency to anger as an unwholesome tendency. But you develop... So the only thing that holds you back maybe is... Um, Either Jesus said or Buddha said or whatnot, anger is not is not uh, good for me. Uh, maybe your doctor said that as well. So you have a few inputs that discourage you from being angry already, but the anger is still going to come up. Uh, if you if you don't de develop any um, tendencies. That takes you away from that anger. You only have these mental reminders to take you away from that anger. And everybody who ever got angry knows how how little this this um, this means when we are angry already. Huh? These little reminders in the mind once we're angry. So if you have something that pulls you away from that anger as a tendency, like some uh, some something lovely you encountered or whatnot, some some uh, maybe you were angry and somebody um, treated you still incredibly kind. So basically, there was a tendency of the, of your kindness was was um, was um, ma made aware of what was going on in that moment, and that thing just gets activated now when you become angry. You have something that pulls. Huh? Because it's these tendencies, they pull. Ten tendency, tendere, means leaning towards. Leaning towards. So it's, it's, if, you, if, if you have a tree and you, and you cut a tree, it's going to fall in, in, in that direction. It leans towards already. It's very hard to get it in the other direction. That is what a tendency is. Or a rubber, a, a rubber string that is uh, pulled tight already very hard to work against that so the the mind can only reduce these tendencies this this cheetah this heart very slowly 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 uh, changing these tendencies by right contemplation but also by feeling 
feeling yourself in the right direction, feeling yourself into something kinder and something that feels more wholesome and better. So that is the, the difference between the mind and heart as I understand it in Buddhism. What was the second part of the question, please? Can meditation be a way to achieve unconditional love? Let me repeat yeah, right. Medi meditation is um, uh, meditation um, in, uh, from a um, Christian background is basically um, uh, contemplation. So in meditation, uh, we can also sit down and uh, see what um, what thought come up in the mind or direct the thoughts in the mind. And if you direct your thoughts. In a, in a wholesome direction, we call that meta meditation, huh? uh, spreading spreading goodness towards yourself, spreading goodness towards others. So um, so the meditation helps you, and your contemplation helps the meditation, and one one goes with the other, and obviously there can come certain points. Uh, where the whole thing um, reaches this critical mass and it becomes something incredibly powerful and beautiful. And that is actually when it becomes real. Before that, it's it's just thought often. Eh? May I be will, may others be will, may everybody be will. But nothing is really going on. Eh? But if... if um, you, you can add to that stuff and you can be skillful and you can maybe remember some um, some beautiful things you did for somebody or somebody else did to you and you, you get a, a, a feeling, an emotional connection to that whole concept of just thoughts and of contemplation and then it becomes something very powerful and then it becomes loving kindness and then obviously with that um, that kindness is very attractive to the mind. And it makes um, aggression and every other state very unattractive. So that, that is a powerful um, incentive for the mind to continue in that direction. And so I would say yes, from that moment onwards you have a, a good chance to develop that um, universal love or whatever you want to call it actually stronger and stronger. Next question, Bhante. I thought we bow to Buddha, Dharma, Sangha for their qualities and we also want to develop it. Is that correct? Thanks, Bhante. Ideally, yes. And ideally, a ritual is something that reminds us of that. My concern and uh, what I've encountered in my personal experience is that these rituals can easily be used as a thing in itself. Achan Sumeto said so nicely and so funnily, you can train the monkey to bow three times to the Buddha. Actually, it's not going to change anything for the monkey. So if we take this, this bowing as a reminder while we do it, uh, to, to contemplate a higher qualities, remind us of that what is good and important in our life, Obviously, the ritual can be helpful, but uh, it's it's not a it's not a um, 
it's it's not a guarantee that it's gonna take you anywhere if you just i mean in in, in tibetan buddhism you have this um repeating omani padma hum or whatnot for a million times i don't know how many times actually and you're supposed to uh, reach a, a certain state or you you have these things of um robbing for i don't know how many kilometers and getting up and bowing again and robbing and this um all this this these rituals they become something in themselves as if 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 the the power of that ritual would take you anywhere no it's uh, that that contemplation that reminder in your mind um that hopefully um activates this this sense of um um if 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 it doesn't resonate with something in your mind it's obviously still very weak huh? bowing to 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 the buddha if you are a bowing character, maybe you get great bliss out of it. I'm myself, uh, I come from uh, Germany. I come from the after-war generation. So um, my, the gener two generations before me, the, they bowed to the Führer, actually. And he, uh, he uh, instigated one of the biggest mass slaughter in history. And I, I wasn't keen on that at all. You know, I was... Uh, not not keen about um, bowing to anybody or respect for the elders or whatnot. You know, they were the Nazis for me. They were the ones uh, getting Germany in the shitters. So uh, I come from a different background. That that stuff doesn't inspire me. You know, if it inspires you, go for it. Actually, if it if you get um, wholesome mind states out of it, go for it. Light your incense and your candles and make your rituals and. If if that's beautiful for you and it helps you, please uh, don't let me ever disencourage you from that. Just for myself, it doesn't work. Huh? I tried it for a long time and then I felt a bit guilty actually because I so it's supposed to work, isn't it, or whatnot. But this this is just stuff people make up. This is not from the Buddha or whatnot. This is just like some some guys decided some time ago we're gonna bow three times we're gonna do this we don't gonna do that chanting actually and maybe they got something out of it and it was good for them and then it becomes a tradition actually and then it becomes a a ritual and then it becomes a religion in itself but it's not it's what what is important is what you take out of it if you bow to the sangha what does it mean to you. If you if you if you have that feeling, oh, thank you, but there's still people trying to go in the same direction where I am going or whatnot. Great. Uh, or the Dhamma is still a, a teaching there. I can investigate. I can. Uh, there there is still visible, visible success. Uh, there's still a, a visible path there for me, leading in a certain direction. Great. But if it's just yeah, Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, and then I chant uh, once a week, and then afterwards I go to the pub to get pissed again, or what? What does it help? Actually, you can chant your your until your uh, throat is raw. It's not gonna help you. <laughs> so I'm not a big chanter, and I'm not a big um, I'm not big into the rituals. But that doesn't mean um, they cannot be very wholesome for you if you use the rituals as what they are um, supposed to be used for actually as a, as a contemplation and something to make your remind your mind to go to the wholesome states
Next question is a two-part question. Mm -hmm. The first part is for lay people that wish to follow the eightfold path and attain enlightenment, is finding a partner at odds with this? And then the second part is are feelings of lust that may arise a problem? For whom? For your partner? <laughs> <laughs> You have to know where you are with your mind, what you want to experience, what you have to experience. It's not um, you have to become a monk. And, uh, I have to become a monk now because I heard of enlightenment and that uh, sounds so great and whatnot. But in reality, uh, you, you, you want a girlfriend or you're in love with a girl or you never had a girlfriend and you wonder what it's like. Or whatnot. I would. Um, people sometimes um, think it's very important to encourage people to ordain and whatnot, and it's the greatest marriage you can make. I don't believe in that at all. I'm sorry. If you have things out there you need to do, if there are um, maybe uh, is, is there a path for you where you think you can develop in a in a, in a wholesome way that you need to experience, go for it. Actually. So uh, a, a personal relationship is the realm of happiness and suffering. It's a bit more happy and it's a lot more suffering as well. <laughs> it's just the way it is. And uh, just be prepared. But we, we need to make these uh, experiences. And some people may have to make it over and over and over again. But... Um, there might come a time when you're uh, uh, tired of that and you're looking for something else and then um, there's always opportunity for you to, to um, look in, in the other direction. And so it's not the other direction, but it's this, the direction that is not so dependent anymore on the, your own happiness is not so dependent anymore on the, uh, as, as the happiness of your partner and uh, these outside circumstances. And uh, yeah, so hindrance on the way to enlightenment, not necessarily. It's, 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 if you if you need to experience that, go for it. It's, no, it doesn't help if you if you just try to avoid it. In my opinion, uh, what was the second part? Are feelings of loss that may arise a problem? Yeah, like I said, a problem for whom, actually? I mean, you're a layperson, so you can jerk off or whatever you want. I, 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 don't, see, I don't see the problem. <laughs> if you sit down in your meditation and you're constantly full of lust, obviously that is a problem. If you don't have a moment of peace or not, that can be a problem as well. But I mean, we're human beings. We're still in that realm of, 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 of lust and uh, uh, of happiness and suffering and, and, and tasty and non-tasty and whatnot. You know? So um, sure, lust in that way is a, is a, is a problem. Right? Like all the, all the five senses are uh, a problem. It's, it's dukkha, dukkha there, huh? lust and arising uh, not having your lust fulfilled is suffering again having your lust fulfilled then is, is, is suffering is just the next thing coming up 
so uh the, the this is craving craving is always going to be a problem but lust in particular i'm not a christian anymore or whatnot you know it's not your your semen is not holy and your uh, uh you don't have to be married to to um to get with a girl or whatnot just a if in Buddhism, if there's that uh, respect and kindness and uh, consent, uh, that is good enough for for a relationship. But obviously, if it's just lust, that's often not enough for a relationship as well. And if it's just um, lust, then um, well, help yourself or whatever. You know, it's just. But I don't don't make it a bigger problem than it needs to be. There's no sin in it or whatnot. That's that's Christian stuff. It's just the problem is uh, desire, but the overcoming of desire is not by not doing it. Overcoming of desire is developing a wholesome mind that takes you, gets you a glimpse of the realm beyond the five senses, and then you get a pull. You get a pull towards something actually that takes you out of that realm. It's never never going to be denying yourself. You deny yourself everything that hurts other people that's why you keep the five precepts because you hurt others and you hurt yourself but apart from that you um, just look very closely how happy how happy does it make you how unhappy does it make you 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 are your own your your own laboratory you can experiment Go for it. There's no as long as you don't harm anybody. Actually, there's no no sin in it or anything. So, okay. <laughs> Possibly the last question, Bhante. Is it possible? Is it possible to make progress with the practice while being a lay person who is in touch with all sensual pleasures on a daily basis? Is this a hindrance, or does this allow us to grow? figure out for yourself how am i supposed to know as if you if if you don't have a single moment in your in your life where you can sit a little bit back and see what's what's going on in your mind i guess for me that would be a hindrance definitely i wouldn't like that at all but maybe you need to be busy all the time you or if, i don't know you just um, see if, if, for me, a good indicator is always, do my wholesome qualities uh, increase or decrease? Does my patience decrease or increase? And I don't mean just on the, on the bad days or whatnot. It's sort of you have to have a view over a certain amount of time. We always have our bad days and then we're impatient and we explode quickly and whatnot. But I mean, if you, if you watch back a few months, a few years, over your practice, and and look, and it's, where where is it going? Huh? Am I getting closer to that point where I'm ready to die? Huh? Because that's what we need to do. We have to die here in this realm. Huh? Can I can I be at ease with that? Huh? How 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 uh, at ease would I be right now if I had to do, die right in this moment? Huh? And then if you have a lot of wholesome activities, you do a lot of other, uh, for others and your family and whatnot, I think that that question can still be for you. Yeah, that's all right. I did my best. Huh? 
but if it's just for uh, selfish gains and uh, for for just buying something new and and i don't know and keeps keeps yourself busy then um maybe not maybe you think it's just oh wow how, how much was that all worth in the end so yeah just watch your mind and see if it gets gets wholesome and if you when you sit still how does it feel how does it feel this few moments with no sensual input does it do you feel at ease at least sometimes and if not why not investigate and if you don't have that time take the time because you have that time as well even in the world there is there's still some time left uh, even if you have family and whatnot and just take take your few minutes is very important for your own mind uh, to to have a little look where you are and which which direction are you going so uh, obviously the people in the monastery have more time to look but we can waste our time as well here and monastics can go in the wrong direction as well from my own experiences they don't need their minds don't need to become more and more wholesome just because you are in robes it's not a given i guarantee you i promise you <laughs> i know enough people actually their minds are didn't get any better just because they were in robes so yeah be careful and uh do your best and, and watch what you're doing especially and if you don't never have that time take that time uh, you you deserve that time and it's important for you to do that and it's good for you and the, good for the people around you that you are aware of what is going on okay that's it excellent